Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a podcast about where business is done. So pull up a chair and join your host, Ken Baden. Welcome back to another episode of The Kitchen Table, my first episode back from my honeymoon. So I'm super recharged and I have with me the one and only Mr. Dan Fantasia. Mr. Fantasia, welcome to the show. I love your last name, by the way. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And welcome back. I hope it was an awesome honeymoon. It was much needed, but also like we were just talking about, you know, it was my first time outside of the country and it was an interesting experience. The travel sucks. Like that part was miserable. I got, I'm trying not to like focus on that, but if I told you what happened on the way home, like you're in sales. And so I'm sure you're a big believer in like, you know, the, the whole idea of energy and, you know, manifestation and law of attraction, all of those things that we tend to get into. I had this, like, we have to fly first class. And granted, I had never flown a whole hell of a lot anywhere up until this year, but now I'm in this, this mastermind group and I've got this coach and I'm a first class guy as of like 10 months ago. So now I'm this first class snob. And I say that in jest because again, I haven't flown like anywhere until this year. But my fiance, now wife, is like, what What do we need? You know, what's the big deal? I'm like, we're going to be flying for like 14 hours. So I had it completely in my head that this was going to be a disaster on the way back because she wasn't able to get first class. She got, you know, coach, coach all the way in the back for 11 hours. I had a laptop fall out of the uh, compartment above me onto my head. Just smack me in the back of the head just while I was Was sleeping. it yours? No, it was some chick behind me. <laughs> so some chick behind me reaches some, we were on the team and I'm not going to, it was a certain college in, in the West, in the, in the state of, uh, actually in the state of Oregon. So there's only a couple of them there, but there was a very uh, ugly colored college that was out there that may or may not be fully funded by one of the biggest shoe uh, makers in the, in the world, uh, athletic shoes. So that narrows it down big time. These freaking one chick, man, she reaches up and goes to grab her bag and drops her laptop on my head while I'm sleeping. So that hurt, right? And of course, I'm like just sitting there trying to be tough because we're guys, right? I'm just sitting there holding my head like, and it's a chick, so I can't do much. I just hold my head. Then like an hour later, the same team goes to get in their bag and their compartment above my now wife. There must have been water in her bag or something. She closes the compartment and it just pours all over everybody, including my now wife. And I'm like, what is going on? You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like my my wife had a better, <laughs> she had a better uh, spirits about it than I did. Said it seemed like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was like, are we being punked? Like, what is going on? Baby behind us, cute baby. So it made it better. But like, he's just going off the whole time. I'm like, dude. How, how many hours is the flight? 11 hours. Yeah, I got something for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Family of five. I'm in Boston. We go to Outer Banks. We come back. Took us 17 hours. Ooh. <laughs> got in the car. <laughs> got in the car at 710. Got home at 1215 midnight. That yeah, it was it was it wasn't a bad ride. It was just as long in a car, man. It's a long ride. And was that with family? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My oh, wife yeah. and I and three kids. And you guys all made it whole. So no, I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking about that experience. Like, wow, it's just, I, I, I know I just, I just went through a similar experience. It was rough. It was a rough ride. 
Well, I mean, at least we're uh, compatriots there, man. So, and then also, as I just said, in the sales game. So, you know, just looking at first, and I started to ask you some of this, but, you know, we didn't want to go over the the good stuff pre-show, but this is the kitchen table where business is done. And I don't need to tell you that, you know, the kitchen table, at least in the home remodeling and door-to-door and what I would say most of your your in-home sales, that's where, where guys are going. Guys and gals are going to, to conduct business. Hence the name of the show. That's where that whole thing came from. That's my background. Tell us a little bit about yours, Dan. Tell us about kind of, you know, think high school to now, right? Like how did Dan Fantasia get to the CEO position, sales strategist, sales recruitment expert, and what is Treeline? Take us into that. Yeah, all right. Um, I grew up in an entrepreneurial house. Uh, Dad owned his own, owned, owned his own business. I'd commute into Boston with him whenever I could help out. And mostly Saturdays was with him working, right? If I wanted to spend time with Dad, it was there. Um, played some hockey all, all throughout my life uh, when I was in junior high, went overseas, uh, came back, did a lot of travel uh, throughout my life, you know, as much as I possibly could. But anyway, I uh, went to uh, UMass Amherst, spent my senior year in Denmark studying overseas, traveling as much as I possibly could. I came home and then uh, me and a buddy jumped in a van and we built some beds in the back of an old 1978 Ford line and headed across the country. Awesome experience. We had no money. We were broke. We were going from, you know, we'd wake up and look at a map and say, all right, where are we going now? You know what's crazy about the story? When I, we didn't have cell phones, right? It was 1993. I talked to my son and his buddies. I left Boston and my parents didn't know where I was until I got to Wyoming and I dialed them from a payphone. I said, just want to let you know we're in Wyoming. We're going to stay here for a little while. Is that crazy? Like you yeah. can track your kids, you can see everything that's going on anyway. Wyoming, uh, traveled the, you know, stayed there for a while, traveled the United States, came back. And then, uh, you know, I got my first job. Uh, I was always a hard worker. I started night shift. Uh, they promoted me into general manager, had a ton of success. My goal was to take the company to the next level and build out a bunch of branches, but I didn't see it happening. So I left, I went to a search firm, a search firm. I was looking at sales opportunities. It was a sales exclusive search firm, looking at sales opportunities, and the CEO said, hey, listen, before you consider any of those, why don't you consider this? 100% commission. I had no idea what it was, but I knew one thing. I knew I liked the culture, the company, the organization, and the opportunity. And so I, I joined the company. Uh, this was 1997. I stunk. I mean, I just sucked at it. I was not a good, I just wasn't good. I was naive. Uh, I was. I couldn't take leadership. I just didn't know what I was doing. But one thing I did have was a lot of uh, grit and belief that I could do it. And after about six months, you know, I was the lowest producer. Um, that next year, I just, I was in early before everyone. I left after everyone left. And I said to myself every day, I will be the number one salesperson. And I did. I became the number one salesperson. I became the youngest um, managing partner in the company. And we had a tremendous amount of success. Um the model stuff. What, what were you guys down? doing, by the way? I'm sorry to, but but just to, for context purposes, you, you said commission, which I get, but roofs. Ah, yeah, I'm sorry. So this was I went to this recruiting company to find new opportunities. This was the recruiting company that recruited me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, all right. I, I was I'm yeah, you know, sometimes I talk fast. So I'm glad you stopped me. Oh, it's the recruiting all good, company Trust said, me, I speak fluent sales guy, man. Don't worry. Yeah. The the, uh, the CEO was like, hey, what about us? Like, what is this? What is recruiting? I don't know what recruiting is. 100% commission. My parents and friends are like, you're nuts. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but I, uh, I, I got in and, uh, like I said, I wasn't good until I became good. And then I left the company because the model started to break down and started Treeline. And that's what Treeline is. We are, we've been in business for 22 years. We are exclusive to the recruitment of sales professionals. So we are known for really helping individuals advance their careers, both professionally as well as financially, and also help companies build best in class sales organizations across the United States. We've been doing it successfully for, you know, 22 years. We've been a fast 50 Boston. We've been an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company four times. Best place to work in Boston, I think, eight. Um, Nationally, I think 10 times. So good company, good culture. Uh, We have a lot of fun with it. And our goal is to, you know, change the lives of 6,000 salespeople by the, um, the year 2030. What do you think that means to change the lives of 6,000 salespeople or so change the us, lives of anybody? You know what I mean? Like any salespeople. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We, you know, whether we help a person, what the way we track that is basically helping an individual find a new opportunity, right? Change their life, increase their comp, better opportunity, better company. We really help a lot of people do that. Um, but it's amazing, uh, Ken, because we are also changing the lives of so many other people that we don't place at an organization, right? Because we consult with them. It's everything. The service is free. We help them with their resume. We help them with their story. We help them to understand sometimes what their greatest strengths are, because a lot of times people aren't great at talking about themselves. And so they take for granted a lot of the work they've done, even throughout their entire life, starting with, you know, the sports they played in school or the fact mm-hmm. that they, you know, used to walk to their, the pizza place down the street and work for since 15 years old, you know, all of those things tell a story about each individual and it helps figure out who the top performers are and who they're going to be. I absolutely love that. And I'll tell you a little story in that I got thrusted into sales management, like most probably sales management opportunities. It was like, you know, I went from salesman to sales management but it was because like the guy just jumped ship and it was like hey you're you've got the best numbers so you're going up and now that i'm in the position i'm in i've learned that it's not always your highest producing sales rep that just automatically translates well to management in fact sometimes or a lot of times it isn't you know they might not be the best paperwork guys or the best trainers or whatever but in this case i got thrusted into it and i'm very competitive so I wanted to do well. And I, I studied their little, they had a training book, thank God, by the way, because this was a startup and I had been places where they didn't. And although that helped me, this opportunity, I was so nervous, I wanted to get it right. So I learned very quickly, the recruiting basics were like, all right, I'm looking for ex-athletes because I knew that the company I had come from and had recruited me when I got in the room day one, I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, there are some common themes that they're looking for here in this room, you know? So I have to ask you, you know, when you say that those stories help, would you say it's important to mention like your sports and stuff like that? Because you know that there are high level sales organizations that are looking for those ex-athletes or those driven individuals that walk to work. And like, you know how important it is to a guy like myself. Like, is that why? Totally. I mean, it all depends on the industry uh, and where you are in your career, but it never hurts. It never, ever hurts, right? Uh, if you're an athlete and a go-getter, you typically have a lot of the um, the sales characteristics that are important 
for most selling organizations. I almost asked you in the beginning when you first started talking, like I heard a few words and I was like, is this guy from like Australia? And then I don't know how the hell I got that because it's so obviously Boston. <laughs> it's like, once you started talking, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, you know, anybody listening to this is going to know exactly where you're from. But, you know, by the way, I play a little hockey. My, I mean, probably nowhere near. I didn't pay, play any freaking pond hockey or anything, but, you know, I played roller hockey, which is best we had here in Maryland, man, yeah. for a little while. We got ice hockey now, but back then I was uh, skating around those rollerblades. I was okay. I wasn't probably anywhere near as good as you guys, but I love hockey, by the way. Go Caps. <laughs> uh, but, Dan, I'm passionate, genuinely, as much fun as this has been so far. I really am passionate about the pursuit of when you, that's why I locked in on when you said you want to help. You know, I have a, a, a purpose driven uh, myself and that I want to, I want to, I don't have a set number. I guess I probably should. But, you know, how many folks can I help? And I guess my bigger goal has been like getting to a big enough platform to where I can really reach as many as possible. Um, but when I first started the company, it was simply I just wanted to have a place that was safe because for me in the door to door roofing, even solar, man, like door to door, that space, dude, I had come from it for years and it seemed like there was either like even if it was super professional, it was fast paced, fast money, fast living. And what comes with that? And then you have a lot of people, man, for whatever reason that either struggle with substance abuse or I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of them, you know, it might not be all of them, but there's a lot. And uh, I wanted to have a company that existed where that just wasn't what we did. I don't dislike alcohol or anything like that, but I wanted us to have a tight knit group where like we were worried about chasing goals and, our camaraderie was such that like, we just didn't promote that. And so while that was cool, it's kind of like, all right, now what, you know, cause we've got that, that's great, but we need a bigger purpose. So for yourself, you know, I admire that that's the focus, not so much on like, Hey, how can we, how can we help people? I mean, I think that's just such a great way to look at that, but correct me if I'm wrong. Are you more, or maybe you're both, maybe Treeline does both, but are we more recruiting focused exclusively or is it like, could, could a company hire you to come in and consult um, on more than just recruiting, like maybe some sales training and stuff like that? Or tell me a little bit about your specific yeah. services. Specifically sales recruiting. We would come in and consult around, you know, the sales characteristics of your environment and how to hire toward those selling, those selling characteristics. But we wouldn't, um, it's just not our business. We're not in the training business. It's not for us. What we do is if you are looking to build an elite sales force, if you need one really solid, talented individual, you're on crack not to use us. We are the best in the industry. We know how to find the people. We have a database of over 200,000 sales professionals. We've been doing this for 22 years. And it has taken a long time, Ken, to build those relationships, build the credibility, be trusted advisors to so many different individuals so that when they're considering new opportunities, we can introduce them to options that they don't have, um, you know, they don't have access to so that they can check them out and see if they're a great next step in their career or not. Now, you said fast is growing, 50 fast is growing. I see the plaque in the back of the wall. Is this a service that no matter where any of our listeners are listening to that you guys can help them out? I mean, it's nationwide or all over the across the United States and for the candidates. So people that are in sales that are looking for a new opportunity, uh, it doesn't cost anything. The companies pay for the service. So if you're in a, in, in, if you're looking for a new opportunity, just reach out, give us a ring. 
you know, we'll help you with your resume. We'll help you figure out, you know, how to leverage your strengths. We'll talk to you about what you're looking for and what industries you're considering, or we'll help educate you on what industries are out there that could be a good fit for you. And then we'll tell you about opportunities so that you can, you know, really figure out where you want to be and educate yourself on different companies that you might not know of. And, and if, if you're, you're interested, we'll try to get your foot in the door. I was just getting ready to say, if you're listening to this and, you know, whether you're a sales professional that wants some help finding the right place, or you're just interested in learning about it, we'll put TreeLine's info in the notes um, of the episode. But we'll also, at the end of the episode, have Dan shout out the different ways that you can reach out and, and, and figure out what's going there so you guys can get some help from them. Because I, I have to be honest, man, I've been in this industry for going on 16 years now. What Dan does, and I know you know this, dude, you probably have like the Achilles heel of most companies is two things, marketing and recruiting. That's the, in sales, those are your two. I mean, I talk to all the different business owners that I, and I, there's a ton. I pride myself on networking and trying to get mentorship or, or just peers, you know, and like your network is your net worth. And so most of which I get along with and dude, recruiting is the bane of most sales companies existence. It's so hard to find good people. It's probably hard to find good people anyhow, but how in God's name have you built a company around finding these top performers? I mean, one, I've got so many questions for you. It's not even funny. Gen genuine questions from me, but I really like this first one here, which is, you know, if you're a sales company or someone who's looking to be referred to as a top tier, you know, sales, uh, sales person, what are the things that you know, you look for, or frankly, how do you hire these people? Where do you find them? How do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Rather outside of going to you, right? Like, because yeah. that's what everybody's going to ask. Where the hell do you find these people? I mean, obviously you can go to Dan at, at, at Treeline because he's kind of figured that out. But I know most of my peers are like, dude, ask Dan, where the hell are these people hiding and how do you find them? The, I mean, I, I'll just keep it simple. The, the first, the biggest challenge for most of them, Ken, is they don't have the resources. Like they're, they have not allocated resources to hunt down and find solid candidates for their business. They just, they just don't do it. And then when they do have the resources, the resources should be, have the same type of goals and accountability that your sales team does, right? Yeah. Outreach. How many, you know, how many people have you connected with? How many people have you spoken with? How many people have you added to the, to the database, right? How many people have you interviewed? They need to have all of these metrics and something to be accountable for so that they're driving the outreach to find the right town for the organization. What most companies do, Ken, is they post the job, a bunch of people apply to it. They could have hundreds of people apply to it, but none of them are qualified, right? So now they mm -hmm. spend all this time looking at that low-hanging fruit, they go through all these candidates. They find out that none are really qualified, but they need some to interview. So they interview and they end ultimately hire the best of the worst. And it's only because they haven't had the resources to hunt down and find the top town in their industry that can add value quickly and effectively. I would have to argue. I mean, just thinking as you're saying all this, like, because I'm a out of the box thinker, like I set up a a booth at a gym, you know, I'm like, where, where are the guys I want, you know, and the gals I want. And they're, they're at the gym in the summertime. And so, and it was, but I don't have the resources to sit there every week. 
I don't have the resources to sit there every day or whatever. That's, you know what I mean? We had a couple people interested, but what I can tell you is indeed, and these things, these outdated things that we used to use, these services we used to use, they just aren't, they're not there anymore, man. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I've, I, I can tell you that from experience, like, and I can tell you, I've talked to a bunch of other business owners that are like, dude, first of all, 50%, if not more, don't show, you know what I mean? And yeah. then you, you find different, uh, wise hires, pretty good. A few different other, uh, uh, services that the volume, you might get one every couple of months and they'll show up. But then to your point, you end up hiring somebody because it's just like, my God, like this person showed up. That is not a qualifier. So like, I mean, we do all of that, right? We find the person, we interview the person, we help them figure out their story so they can speak effectively. Um, we talk to them about opportunities. We pre-qualify them so that they're interested and available, that they want to talk to you. They've been to the website, they've seen the job description, and now they want to they want to have an interview, right? So what our clients do is they don't waste all of that time sourcing and searching for these individuals. Instead, we set them up with pre-qualified candidates that are interested in their opportunity and want to speak to them. They know the comp, they know the, the opportunity, they know the responsibilities, and they want to speak to you because they're interested. Um, what about, I mean, how would you, I'm trying to think of how to frame this because I've struggled with this and I can tell you, like I said, so many it's just, it's probably the number one besides for retail, like I said, marketing, that's always, but that's going to always be, you know what I mean? Like paid leads versus organic recruiting these days seems to be just such, I want to say this as delicately as possible, but it seems like from 28 down, I don't know, man. I mean, do you, would you agree that you've seen a drop off in work ethic? How about that? We'll say it like that as far as like this, or are they out there? It's just way harder to find. You know what I mean? They're out there. You just got to find them. I mean, listen, there, there are universities now with sales degrees, right? Are you connected with any of those organizations that are teaching people how to sell? And we are, we're constantly, we, we need new salespeople coming into the, um, into our, you know, into our network basically, because those salespeople grow, they become SDRs, then they become sales reps, inside sales reps, sales reps. And before you know it, they're managers and we're hiring for them. Okay. So you need that level of talent at, you know, all the time, replenishing the network and getting and introducing individuals into the sales uh, in industry. And so there's plenty of kids out there that really are hard workers. What tends to happen for a lot of people is um, you might be missing the boat. Like, you know, connect with every sports team at the local colleges, right? Connect with the baseball team, the hockey team, talk to the coaches, talk to the softball team, the field hockey team, like talk to the coaches. Or if you are going to search, when you search for individuals, search on sports. Like search on baseball. You can Next do time that. You do a search. Yeah, absolutely. Search on baseball because that person that I just you know coached on adding you know the, their accomplishments to the bottom of their resume, and one of them says baseball or hockey or field hockey, it's going to come up. Talk to the coaches. Talk to the the, the you know the the um, the colleges across the United States that have sales as a degree. That well, I, how about I wanted to back program. up to that, by the way, I didn't even know that existed. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's coming. Yeah, there's more and more of them. So there are people out there. And then, you know what? Don't look at 
you, you don't have to hire hire people from Harvard. You know, find some of the universities nearby that um, you know the folks that you're talking to. You know, are paying their way through college. They're uh, a student athlete, and they're you know working part time to get it done. Right? Find those people that have the grit and the work ethic and the and the competitive attitude to to really get things done. And by the way, many times those people don't know where they fit. They don't know what they want to do next in their career. And so if we can, if we have a chance of talking to them, we'll introduce them to sales. For some, uh, it could be a good fit. For others, it's not. But we'll be very truthful and honest as to what sales is and what it requires. And for those that are interested, we'll highly recommend to the field. And for those that aren't, we'd recommend different, you know, a different career path. I was going to say you you will tell them if they're not like suited, like, hey, man, this probably just isn't a good spot for you. Yeah. And then obviously the whole athlete angle you brought up, I brought up, that's still a a, a nice talent pool. Yeah, we're not, we're not trying to we're not trying to introduce candidates to our clients and trick them. If a person's not going to be great at sales, you know, let's. We, yeah, we, why we, would you do that? Because then you're not going to produce yeah, anything any terrible. good for anybody else. I guess uh, you know that's probably been a. I try to be a really good recruiter myself, or I, what? What's the word I'm looking for? I, I think I'm a good eye for talent, but sometimes I'll see something in somebody, and they won't see it themselves and i'll think that i can get it out you know what i mean and then they just flounder and they don't do well because flat out i was wrong and so what are some of the things that you'd see in somebody well first of all what would you tell someone who's never done any sales any commission only just like you got approached with a commission only job and you know damn well they're going home and mom and dad or whomever is like they're you're nuts that's not what would you tell them as a pro like how would you sell them on that opportunity if they were equipped to do it yeah, well, the f- the first thing is we so we used to really help a lot of companies hire a hundred percent commission based salespeople. It's so hard right now, Ken. It is so hard, right? A, a draw a base salary, something to get them started, makes you a little bit more competitive. But I if was going to ask you, would you suggest that? Because I had a consultant that said the same thing. Like, dude, oh, got to give them something. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's the audience. It's different. It's, you know, the cost of living is so high. They, they really, they really struggle. And the problem is, and one of the reasons why we're, we, we, uh, we really don't do a lot of hundred percent commission anymore is because the quality of the candidates is not strong and our conversion rate is low. I might have to talk to 300 people to get one person to say yes and be interested an opportunity that's 100% commission. And so as a result, those companies, um, they don't get the best talent. And I can't, I can't, I can't put my stamp on that and say, uh, you know, we're going to bring you the best talent when I know that it's going to be a struggle no matter, you know, who's recruiting for you. 100% commission is tough. Um, But for a sales individual or a person that has that skill set, many times they're confused. They just don't know where they want to go, what they want to do in their career. But they do know they have the energy, the passion, the drive, the competitive attitude to do something. And they want control over their destiny, right? So that's what sales does, right? It gives you the control. You are, um, you're accountable to, yes, the company, but also to yourself, right? It's like, uh, it's like going to the gym. If you're going to go to the gym, Go to the gym. Half the challenge is just uh, is just getting out of bed. I say it to my son. I say, just show up. Focus. Don't focus on what the workout is going to be or how it's going to be. Just focus on getting to the gym. 
right? I, that's what I do. I happen to work out every morning. The goal is get up every day, get up every day. And then once you get the momentum, it's like that one push-up rule. If you do one push-up, by the time you get down on your hands and knees to do one, you're going to do 10, you're going to do 15, you're going to do 20. You just got to, you have to show up. Have you read the book, uh, Many Habits? No. Ah, really? Have you ever yeah. heard of the one push-up challenge? No. That's so weird that you just said that, but yeah, you just basically read a few pages from Many Habits. But oh, is that right? Well, yeah, his whole this. idea, like it's it spawned from the one push-up challenge and his whole thing was like he was out of shape and it was during COVID. And he's like, hey, if I just do one push-up, you know, and, and he went into the whole, you know, he ends up writing a book about it, the science behind how to formulate a habit, but making them stupidly small and easy yes. yeah. uh, to the point where it's like, do a push-up. But yeah. by the time you get to the floor to do one push-up, you're going to do two, three, four, five. And next thing you know, you're doing 50. But if you make it 50 a night, Chances are you just kind of blow it off. So oh, no way, man. That, I got that from my last CEO, that com the company that I first got into recruiting. That, that was the thing. He'd be well, like, and one push up rule. And this was in 19. I was going to say, I bet you that was way before this dude wrote that. So yes, maybe he's got yeah. some explaining to do, man. Yeah. One push up uh, rule. So what would you say? What's your system for ongoing talent assessment? I like that. Yeah. I mean, so the. The first thing uh, with talent assessments for us is, and, th and this took a long time. We, we have, I have a business coach. I think you mentioned that you had a business coach. Um, we really learned a lot from our business coach around core values, right? Um, because we used to have a mission statement, but you know what? No one ever knew what it was. <laughs> it was posted all over the office, big bullpen. And if you ask someone to tell you what the mission statement was, they wouldn't be able to. But core values is different. Core values are the, the the main values that we all believe in that we live, uh, you know, we live basically every day in our job. Once we understood what those core values were, what we do is we interview around those core values. Grit is one of our core values, right? Do what's right is one of our core values. Compete to win, one of our core values. Uh, empowerment, I mean, core value. If people share those same core values when you're interviewing with them, it is easy to assess their culture fit because if they share the same core values, they'll live them every day when they come to the office and work. The second thing we try to figure out is, what is our selling environment? What type of sales environment do we have and what are the key characteristics to be successful in our sales environment? And that's what we work on a lot with our clients. Because if you're in a transactional sales environment, which is your business, it's fast paced, it moves quickly, it could be a quick close. If you hire a strategic type of salesperson that's more analytic, uh, analytical in nature, while they may sound very intelligent and they might be a great person when they get into the environment that, you're, that you offer, they, they fail. They fail because they don't have that transactional mentality and as a result, they just can't succeed. They might be a great person, but after six months, you realize they can't keep the keep up with the pace and uh, they're just not getting the job done. So we spend a lot of time trying to figure out what those key characteristics are. And then lastly, we like to talk about um, their top sales professionals, where they came from, why are they a top salesperson? Because while we're going through the core values and the key, the key characteristics to the selling environment, it is important to understand what they consider to be a top rep and why they're a top salesperson. Then we put together our strategy. We go to market and we find them, those individuals that meet all of those requirements. You mentioned your core values. You have a little acronym or anything like that? Or no. Cool, no. 
hours is hits, which is not doesn't you know it just sounds cool, I guess hits yeah. H I T T S, but it's not. <laughs> it's just that's just what it comes yeah. out to. It doesn't yeah, cool. spell any cool word like power or I don't know. Think no. I don't know. We, you know what we uh, we try to I try to keep it we try to keep it si- as simple as possible because the more complicated it is, the more people forget it. And uh, once they forget, it's over. And we're sales guys, man. So you already know, like we, we need to keep it as simple as possible. We're good yeah. at talking. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, we, we mentioned something and that's where my brain started smoking, but what you were just talking about, I wanted to kind of segue into, you mentioned, um, it's so tough these days and the, and the, the, the price of cost of living is so much higher. And again, the last, and I do have a business coach. It's, uh, Ryan Stuman is, uh, my actual like paid coach. I have a bunch of different mentors that I've just flat out said, Hey man, will, will you mentor me? You're doing what I want to do. A couple of them would, would look at me as competitors and they're even in my state and they're like, absolutely, man. So I've been really blessed there. That being said, the other one that I originally hired was, uh, probably more similar to yourself, but that does do trainings and so on. Mm. Don't, they don't really specialize in recruiting, which this is a great niche, by the way, dude. Like you are a legitimate need. So kudos to you for really just going all in on this. Cause my God, I, I don't know. You should, your phone should be, your cup should be totally runneth over at all times. But going back to what you just said, as far as like, Hey man, commission only these days, good luck. I think a lot of people need to hear that even myself. And and so what is a good compensation plan? I mean, we all come up and it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, in fact, the really good guys are like, if you give me the choice, I'm automatically going to think, well, I, I want commission only because that's, oh, you know how it used to be the old school way. It was like, here's this salaried plan. That's definitely going to be beneficial for the company. And sure, you know, you can take this, but it's never the best option for yourself is always going to be commission if you have it in you and you bet on yourself. So tell me what a good compensation plan would be now, given that that's where we came from. I mean, by the way, why not? Why not do? Why not give them an option? Why not do both? Why not give them a base? And then once see the problem, the, the challenge is ramp, right? You got to ramp them up. If they're not making any money and you love them. And they quit because they're not making any money, but you're like, wow, this person drives more activity than everyone else. They haven't closed these deals. Even though I was trying to help them close these deals, something went awry. Now they're quitting on me, put all this time and effort into the person, but they're quitting because they can't afford to stay. Now, if you've given them something where they can afford to stay and you help them along and you're teaching them, then as they ramp up, as they build momentum, once they meet their, you know, whatever their con- once they once they make back their salary, can they go to 100% commission then? Right? I mean, the challenge is you're losing all that talent. So you've got to you got to hire someone that can't that has to figure out how to afford to do this. Right? And I I don't want to break the industry because your industry happens to be heavy on 100% commission. There's a few of them that have figured it out and have changed and they'll do a draw. Um, you know, they'll do a draw for the first year. I mean, there's a whole, there's a million ways you can do a recoverable draw. You can do a draw. You can do a draw for six months. You can do a base salary with lower commissions. And if they want to get off that salary and make higher commissions, they can, as soon as they meet their, as soon as their revenue, you know, um, as soon as their quota hits a certain amount, but at least help them get started. Would you say, and most of these folks that come in are 1099s. What do you think about that? Is that still it's the just, way to go? I mean, it's, depends it's, hard, on. it's just hard to, you, you know, what's going to happen is you're just going to age yourself out of the market 
right? The yeah. folks that feel comfortable with 1099 and 100% commission are, are, are going are gonna to be much, potentially much more senior in their career. As a matter of fact, they might be uh, past, you know, the the end part of their career. They have the the money to afford it, to take a shot and go for it. But those that are beginning out, it's, it's yeah. hard to get them started. It's just hard. The young guys, it's going to be, and trust me, I'm, that's why this is such an important topic for me because, you know, I've got a peer in, in Texas. Yeah. hundred quarter billion dollar a year roofing company. Uh, he truly has encompassed like, hey, I am, I install the jobs and I hire all these sales partners, but he's done such a good job at building this thing that where everyone wants to be there. So now he's got this like, yeah, there are a bunch of bodybuilders and I don't know, man, he just does, everybody wants to be there. And they're still getting on roofs and they're still doing what they want to do. And and they, he won't hire anyone that doesn't have the money to come in to invest in that company to be a part of it. So not only now are you like not getting money up front, but you're actually spending money to come work there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're going to make, if you do well, all those parameters and, and that barrier of entry is because you come in there and do well and he's going to make you a lot of money or at least teach you. Uh, an industry that'll make you a lot of money. So, but I, for the life of me here, it doesn't seem to be the same way. So. Well, if, the, if you can give them a roadmap and you can show successes, great. But when no one knows who the company is and you're trying to get on the map, I mean, yeah. would you take so the So he's got right. it. That's great. But to your point, you're just getting going and you don't have that, when he, which, which is right. what he has. Good luck. Right. If you can show them four reps that are making you know, half a million dollars a year or a million, whatever it is, it's, it's a much easier story to sell. Sure. If a salesperson walks in and says, all right, who's your top producer and how much money did they make last year? And you can't answer it. I mean, would you join that company? You want to see that top producer that's kicking butt, right? If you're, if you're good, you know, I'll take the chance as long as you can show me that there's a roadmap and a path to success. Sure. That's not you, by the way, right? Can't be the owner. Oh, right. you know, the founder led sales is totally different than individual contributors. Totally different. So, and that's funny you say that because that's exactly what I do is I show them tangible, like, Hey, here's this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And I've teetered back and forth on like the pros and the cons of, and you know, as far as do we want to cross over? I think the guys we have currently, some of them would like it. Some of them wouldn't because they're like old school. Like, no, man, I want all mine, all mine. Mm-hmm. But they're established, you know, and so, uh, right. but I also worry that sometimes I have these, I never thought I would say this, but these old ideas in my head where it's like, that's just the way I came up in the industry. So that's like, oh, well, no one's going to want to do that. Well, you might think that's weird, but. I, I, I can tell you, it took a lot for, for me, right? So as a company, we have an office nine miles north of Boston uh, for 18 years. It was a bullpen, crazy fun, high energy. We always thought people had to be in the office to, you know, high five and help people out and bring people in and interview. I mean, it was just a really dynamic, great environment. We thought it always has to be like this. COVID hit. We went to a virtual environment. We've never gone back and it's better, (laughs) right? So, you know, that change, that change was tough. Like, Going from an office to a virtual environment. Now we have people across. We have people in Texas, DC, Ohio. We have we have employees all across the United States, and it works wonderfully. It works amazing. My my point is that change was really difficult for me 
And without that change, we would have continued to hold the company back. By switching to the virtual environment, we've been able to continue to grow and really, really prosper. It's been, it's been wonderful. But uh, it takes, you know, change is difficult, right? It is not, it's not, e- it's not easy. It's not easy. No, it is not. And change is usually, but I'm but to your point, man, you don't want to age yourself out. You know, I actually, that really resonated with me. Like, damn, man, maybe this is something that, uh, because I try to be open to just about anything, man. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to make that mistake because I watch other guys do it. I had a very, I was very fortunate to be a part of several other startups that weren't on my dime. And even when I was really new in this career and I've worked for the biggest and I've worked for brand new, you know, startups. And so one thing I've seen over and over and over with the ones that didn't do so hot, especially early on, was they were just like stuck in their ways and they refused to sort of get with the times. And so yeah. Yeah. would you say as a small business, you know, somebody who's struggling with recruiting and you mentioned some great freaking out of the box ideas, you know, go talk to the local uh, college sports teams, talk to the coach. Um, I'd even been told to talk to like professors of like the business class. And sometimes they have like, you know, different, um, paid or unpaid internships and they can recommend you. And so like definitely getting involved with the local colleges would be really smart. If you don't have time, let's say you're me, how could someone like me who is not so ungodly huge that, you know, but, but I'm busy enough to where my time is very valuable. I've got different verticals going on. And so the days of me being the one who like gets involved, you know, what would you, what would that roadmap look like for somebody who would then pass that on through like an EA or a VA or something where they can just call some local colleges or simplify that? I guess what I'm getting at is I've tried a couple out of the box things, but would you encourage hiring a recruiter to do that for you or training someone internally to do that for you? Like, is there really a full-time need? I think yes, for just constant recruiting, 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 because I think that's for me personally, I think that answer is yes. Like we always got to be recruiting, but I mean, you? it's a, listen, that's a lot of work. You, you go high. I can tell you right now, you, got, you go hire a recruiter, you got to ramp them, you got to train them, you got to teach them how to do it. They got to build a network. It takes, it takes years. Right. And then you have to hold them accountable. They've got to drive activity and metrics. I mean, if your expertise is building, if your expertise is training and ramping salespeople and not training and ramping a, sales recruiter that you may or may not need all the time, just, I would just outsource it. You know, we, we have a service, um, for these type of roles, for example, it costs $6,750 runs for 30 days. You can hire as many people as you want. We'll log you into our app. You can see the photo of the individual, their comp structure, you know, all of this data that is it's, it's given, it's, it's offered up by the candidate, of course, but it, it helps, um, put a 3d dimensional, uh, look on their profile. So it's advantageous to them. And for our companies, it's fully transparent. So they don't have to waste any time. They know exactly who these candidates are. And when they want to talk to them, we set it up. They interview with as many people as they can in that 30-day window. And you can hire one, two, three, five, as, as many as you want. Uh, but it's been a really cool, and we've been doing this service for a long time. Most companies can't do it because they just don't have the technology and the manpower that we do. But for a person like you, if you want to sprint and someone that can nail this for you quickly, you know, use it higher. And then in six months or eight months, if you're growing your team, hire another person, turn, turn on the spigot, do it again, push the button. We'll go, we'll search, we'll find them for you. We'll set them up for you. And then, you know, you hire and, and interview and hire the people that you think are best fit for the organization. Is it, and it may not be, but is this something that 
from an investment standpoint. I mean, we're talking, eh, I guess we could call in, and that might be in poor taste to discuss price points, and it would be. So, but I mean, to that point, you could spend hundreds of, you could, I can tell you this much. The reason I brought that up is one of my mentors who is probably one of the largest insurance restoration companies here on the East Coast. So as, he was like, dude, I have spent hundreds of thousands this year on recruiting this year. And mm-hmm. so my guess is it's is it's significantly less than that <laughs> to to just hire. Oh, the the service I'm talking about is that it's a it's as in, inexpensive as it gets in the recruiting industry, right? If you use that contingency service, it's going to be significantly more expensive than that. Okay, but and that's it's not. A, it's a. I'm ahead. sorry, you could get you on. Well, yeah, talk about the different the different. Uh, yeah, like so, you could use we call it our SAS, we call it our SaaS service, our sourcing as a service. You know, that's so that's that is introducing you to candidates that meet your requirements, that are interested in the opportunity, and that want to talk to you, right? So we, you log into our app, we submit candidates to you, we've talked to them, we've we've found them, we've qualified them, we know they're interested, we've told them about the opportunity, we introduce them to you, then you give a you know you give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And once you do that, we set them up in your calendar. That costs six thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. If you hire two people, it's the best deal in the world. I mean, if you were to go out and hire a full time recruiter just to work with you uh, forty hours a week, it's going to cost you us, you know, what is it, sixty, seventy grand a year? Yeah, um, eighty grand. I, I don't know, whatever, so, somewhere a in lot. that range. Like what he just said. I mean, and, and then not to mention, if you more. miss, right? You know what I mean. Right. Do you have yeah. any kind of guarantee on services or anything? Like, hey, man, we're going to make sure you get two folks that are quality. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, we guarantee. You would Well, for that particular service, we guarantee um, that we'll introduce you to 10 individuals. But on typically, it's 15 to 20. Oh, wow. Right. As long as you keep. But the thing is this. If you're going to work with us, you've got to be serious about it. You've got to be moving quickly. When I introduce you to a candidate uh, on like today, Wednesday, if no one follows up until next Wednesday, we're going to lose the candidate. If you can't move with speed, then it's not worth using the service. Like you got to be dead serious about this. Like we are, we, we will help you fill these roles. But if we're going to introduce you to someone, you need to follow up with them in 12, 24 hours, or we're going to lose them and everyone's just spinning their tires. The other service we offer is a contingency-based service. There's no charge to that up front. Costs you nothing, right? We, right. you only pay us if you make a hire, but that's substantially more expensive. And for industries like yours, I don't necessarily recommend it. It's just too, it's just too risky. And you think hiring a full-time recruiter too is just, I mean, good luck with with that. You know what I mean? Because if you're struggling with recruiting and then you try to find somebody to help you recruit, God willing, you, you get really lucky and find somebody with experience. But if not, to your point. So in other words, ladies and gentlemen, Treeline sounds like a very cost-effective alternative to just beating your head against the wall and trying to find somebody. Because again, man, like, honestly, the reason why I was excited to have Dan on the show is because if you're listening to this and you own a, a, it doesn't even have to be a roofing company. If you own anything, I mean, I've done sales for, I've sold insurance, I've sold roofing, I've sold windows, I've sold siding, home remodeling products, exterior products, interior products, solar, uh, the number one issue is constantly recruiting, man. It just is because there's a high turn and burn, high churn rate, high uh, attrition rate. Uh, the retention rate is poor. And just, to, you know, of course, for better companies with great culture, it's higher, but it's just, there's so many people that see 
what these sales folks make. There's so many people who are like the friend of the friend or whatever, see Johnny on the internet and like, oh dude, I want to go do that, you know? And then they realize what that actually is because they just see the sexy results. They don't see hitting doors or cold calling or prospecting or being told no a hundred times, you know what I mean? And then they think, well, you know what? This isn't for me. Uh, or they see, see, that's the one big takeaway for me, by the way, is, is the comp plan. Like that's, what's got my brain spinning right now is the days of the hundred percent commission is for, as, as, as far as for entry level folks might have to be reconsidered because, and the reason I think, I, I think I said this, that I tell you that I had, a consultant before that I hired early on that also told me the same thing and was like, Hey, Target's paying 19 bucks an hour. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I was like, right. shit, you know, <laughs> she's yeah. like, look, Ken, yeah. you got a room full of salespeople. And I want you to know that, that not everybody has that. And I really want you to be appreciative of that. But I also need you to know that Target is paying 19, 20 bucks an hour. And you're telling people come in here and just do it, you know? And uh, while we do have a proven track record, I could see why it would be a lot easier to recruit. You could still, like you said, you can still get creative and incentivize. You have to, because you get where I'm going with that. I mean, you got to also protect the baby and like, well, hold on. Where is their incentive to, you know, you never, I would say, as long as you back it and protect it with production, it's a good give and take, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, th think about this, right? I, I don't know. Think of the last few people you've hired, right? How much time and effort you put into them. And let's say they are successful, but they're still struggling to make ends meet, right? All that time and effort to turn someone over. Oh, man. I know. I know. It's, it's like you're just kind of spinning your tires, hoping that one of them is going to be great. Uh, but in actuality, you're, you're actually spending more money and time by trying to hire a hundred percent commission-based rep. That's probably not even nearly as good as some of the others that would consider the opportunity with just something to keep them, get them going, get them started. It doesn't have to make them rich, right? It right. just has to be something. Yeah. Just can they, can they drive to work? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I sincerely hope so. And it's funny, man, because, and I'll say this and shut up, but I mean, you know, I have, and and we're very acutely aware of like all the nuances and the rules and, and, you know, 1099s have to be, you can't pay for anything and blah, 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 because we're working towards an end, which is procuring private equity. And that's going to involve a due diligence process. But the long story short is I think some people will go, they want all the benefits and and of the 1099, but they want to tell people where to go and all that other stuff. They want the tax benefits, but they still want to be able to tell you, which we don't touch any of that. So I can tell you for me personally, I really like the idea of being able to control a lot more because we don't touch that with a 10 foot pole because, you know, uh, they're businesses, you know, you can't, you can't tell them where to go, what to do. The only real saving grace is if they're licensed under you, legally speaking, they've got to be at least afforded the opportunity, but you can deny it to sell for someone else. They can be under two MHICs in the state of Maryland. But, you know, the bottom line is uh, it would be way easier to control the hours, the results. And so it's something that I've thought about for a long time. But I mean, I, I bet you got a lot of people scratching their heads right now. Um, but you know what? Rather than having to figure it all out for yourself, Dan, what would be the the number one thing? I'm going to give you this uh, before I ask you to to list off how we can contact you. But if you were to give any piece of advice to somebody just getting started, 
and looking for, you know, what, what would you focus on first when it comes to recruiting? Going to someone like yourself or somebody who say can't afford six, they're just getting going, right? Like what would be your piece of advice to try to find that? Would it be get as many people in as possible or find that one really good person? What would be your uh, your piece of advice to that individual? Just getting started, trying uh, to the, find their first person. They don't they don't have to come to us. They can do it on their own. So they got to make it a priority. Um, they, so number one, they they have to they have to build the strategy. Like who are they recruiting? Right? Who are they looking for? And then they have to build. It's like it's the one push up rule. They need yeah. to set a goal to reach out to 20 people a day, right? And they'll figure out what their conversion rate is. But basically, they have to understand first what they're looking for. Then they have to go find those people because if they're just getting started, no one knows who they are. So the only way they're going to get to know who they are is by reaching out to them. When they reach out to them based on the, the their strategy and the successes they've had, then they're going to have to run some kind of you know activity metrics. 20 people a day, 50 people a day. I don't know what it is, but they have to build some kind of uh, process around driving the traffic to talk to enough people to, you know, hire one, basically. Yeah. And that's, do you know what that, I mean, I used to have numbers on that and it was crazy. Do you have any like averages for yourself? Oh, you mean for my team? Well, I know yours are going to be way sexier, man. But I mean, like I remember being at a business and it was like, dude, I had to make like 50, set 50 freaking, you know, uh, uh, interviews to, you know, interview probably 45, which that number would look like 25 now. And then, you know, because I'm trying to get a sales class of 10. So like, yeah. it was just like the percentages were so abysmal. Even back then, it's like 150, 25, 10, just to hire like three good guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. Because well, you're going to get a training way. class of 10 and here it is, two people last, you know? For for an, for an opportunity at your company, for example, right? It's probably, we probably talked to 50, probably do outreach to 50 of the 50. And I have to, I'd have to look up our metrics, but I'm, I'm talking about your business specifically, uh, your industry specifically. Of the 50, you probably get five, five or so that say they're interested. You talk to the five and they're probably all not good. Um, you get a hundred. Now you're talking to 10. You probably get one that you think is good and that you would recommend to your client. Right. So it's probably, you know, you get a lot of people that are saying yes, a lot of people blowing you off, a lot of people missing the meetings, you know, all of that stuff. A hundred, you get 10 that you actually talk to. You get one that you probably is really strong. The others, you're, some may be questionable, but likely not a good fit. Probably, unfortunately, if you're doing this on your own, there's going to be a lot of those. But so if, you do, if you do 50 a day, you, two days, you got 100. Four days is 200. Five days is 250. If you don't have that kind of time, maybe you do 50 in a, maybe do 100 people in a, in a, in a week, 20 per day. I don't know what it is, but the, the question you have to ask yourself is, do you have the time? Right. And if you don't have the time, can you, can you peel away some of your sales reps and have them help you with it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually, because I was, I mean, just, you're right, man. That's a lot. I mean, that's a full-time gig for just about anybody. Cause I'm thinking oh, like, where are you going to get stuff. 50 people? It's not an indeed. Right. You're going to have to go out. You're going to have to literally yeah. pound pavement. You're going to yeah. have to do all this stuff, man. So you're going to go to the competitors. You're going to find out where those can't, those, mm -hmm. their employees used to work, right? There's, if you know, there's, a, we have a million different strategies to, 
you know, find the people. It just takes time. It's a ton of time, much more time than people think. Oh, brother, I have. <laughs> uh, trust me, I, I, I. You and I might be talking uh, after this. In fact, I'm sure we will. But uh, as far as anyone else, how would they get a hold of you? How do they get a hold of Treeline? How do they use your services? Uh, you, you know, go to a uh, so Treeline Inc. So treelineinc.com is our website. And there's a resource page with, with with a lot of really cool stuff. There's a compensation calculator to figure out how to pay your reps. There's a job description, you know, a, a, a job description template, a sales characteristics, all kinds of good stuff. And that's but on if you, treeline.com. On treelineinc.com, yeah. Treeline Go to the contact us page or email me directly. My email address is fantasia at treelineinc.com. If you're just trying to brainstorm, just like this, right, Ken? If you just want to brainstorm and just hear what other companies are doing, give me a ring, send me an email. I'll jump on the phone with you. I'm happy to kind of just give my opinion and share what information we found. That's awesome, man. And that's valuable, valuable stuff. So if you guys are in the market and you're looking for, he can't, he really is spot on with with digging his heels in on that because I can't tell you, man, if, if anybody listening to this that has ever either recruited for, been a part of, or currently trying to build any sales force at all knows that that's just, it's a full-time gig, man. And it never stops. It never, ever stops. Cause you get your next class in and guess what? You know, you know, the attrition rate. And so you got to keep going. It's a churn and burn. So Dan, thank you so much for coming on brother. We ended up killing almost a full hour here, man, but I can't, I, this is just such an interesting topic to me, but Thank you so much, my brother. And uh, we will catch you on the next one, but guys, I encourage you to check out treelineinc.com or email Dan directly, and we'll put the rest of the information in the notes. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. It is how new people find the show. Until next time, remember, there's always a seat at the table for business.